Hey kids, you are about to listen to a comedy podcast. That means that none of this is medical advice. If you need medical advice or medical care, please contact your doctor. Welcome to the Jock Doc Podcast featuring Dr. London Smith. Take a seat and the doctor will be with you shortly. Introducing your host, Dr. London Smith. Hello, and welcome to the Jock Doc Podcast, where we discuss fitness and health, and how to incorporate our modern understanding of science and medicine into our daily lives, but without it being so boring. I'm your host, Dr. London Smith. I'd like to begin by apologizing to our listeners. We've received some feedback about the excessive amount of technical medical terms that I've been using, such as cholinesterase reactivating agent and misohungi. So I will try to temper my terminology to a simpler one in the future. Here to help with that is our producer, Cameron. Well, hello, Dr. London. How are you today? Hi, Cameron. I'm, uh, I guess I'm doing all right, all things but considering. But, you know, I shouldn't have said hello to you first. You know who's more important than you or I? It's our listeners. Yes. So I should say, before sure. saying hello to anyone else, hello to our listeners, and actually hello to one very special listener, Dr. London, I talked about a, uh, a while back, maybe a couple months ago, that we actually have a very famous celebrity listener. Did I? Do you remember who that was? Yeah, it was... Well, it looked like it might have been you pushing buttons on a soundboard. No, 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 no. That was our celebrity guest. He was actually on... That was Stanley from The Office who was on the show. Yeah. I'm talking about our, our celebrity listener who has been listening for a long time. Uh, it's our good friend David Blaine. And I just want to talk to our our celebrity listener, David Blaine. Please return my shoes and socks. Please, please, please return my shoes and socks. It was very funny when you made them disappear. Um, But I need them to get around. And I'm stepping on a lot of debris. And I'm stepping on a lot of old cans. And so I just really, if I could just get my shoes and socks back, I would really, really appreciate that. Back to you, Dr. London. Okay, because I remember that kind of went viral, that video of your shoes disappearing. And it wasn't just that they disappeared, because they, he pointed to the sky and said, you see that ball of fire? And I mm-hmm. think he meant the sun. Yeah. He said, that's where they are now. Yeah, he said, that's, w- that's what it is now. Yeah, so like, I don't I think know he was if... implying that my shoes and socks had become the sun, which I don't agree with that. Um, you know, I'm a Mormon, so I have different beliefs on those things. Yeah. You know, I believe I'm going to live Famously, on the sun one so. day. Yeah. No, you've so. talked about that most episodes. It was very impressive. The, the video went viral, and that was awesome. Like, it, it was great for the podcast and everything, but my feet are very cold. Um, they're very wet, and I would just, I'd really like to get those back. So, David Blaine, please, for the love of God, return my shoes. Back to you, and, Dr. London. Yeah, and, and sorry to bring it back again, but, like, because you've also, you seem to have gone out of your way more than you ever did before to like walk through mud and stuff because i i don't know if you read about trench foot before or after but you seem to be trying to get trench foot wait wait what is trench foot describe that real quick well so it's it's these infections that can happen because you you walk through you know muddy kind of cold water oh, yeah, yeah that dirt. describes that describes what i'm going for for sure 
Yeah, and so and you so you have all these ulcers, like these open wounds in your feet, and I can't help but think that Doctor, hey, because you didn't do that before. Listen, you didn't walk through listen, this stuff idiot, before. Idiot, stop! Shh, listen, listen for a second. Do you not okay. see what I'm doing here? Do you not see the lawsuits that we can bring against David Blaine if my foot has to get amputated because of a large infection? So you think the loss of your foot would be worth it if you could get the riches of a potential lawsuit with David Blaine? Well, I guess the... Yes. The amount that we would get is definitely going to replace my foot with something, I mean, awesome. We, I mean, I could add it. I, I would want, like to, to replace my foot with one of those grabber claws. Uh-huh. A claw. And maybe... Yeah, but you know, like the plastic grabby claws? I would really like to replace my feet with that. So, And I really think we could be able to afford that if we're able to sue David Blaine, and then everything extra can go straight to the podcast. I'm benefiting you, Dr. London. Okay, and just to, just to throw in an alternative, in mm-hmm. case... Have you thought about just getting some more socks and shoes instead? Have you ever tried to grab something off a shelf? With just wearing socks and shoes instead of having a grabber claw foot? I, You're not thinking through the logistics, Dr. London. Just move on. Just move on. I mean, come on. Okay. Well, um, also with us is Digital in the House. David Blaine. David Blaine. David Blaine. David Blaine. Please return my shoes and socks. Please, please, please. Idiot, stop. It was very funny. Idiot, stop. Idiot, stop. Idiot, stop. It was very funny when you made them disappear. If I could just get my shoes and socks back, I would really, really appreciate that. can expect a special get a special wise guest is that what you said that is right dr london possibly wow. the wisest guest we've had wow, all right so uh our and again look forward to that i'm gonna stress just because our guest is an extremely wise person it does not mean that it's shaquille o'neal dr london it's okay. not shaquille i oh you, my well, god the way you're saying it though it's not shaquille o'neal i know in your face when we get to the guest portion you're gonna say you know who's really wise, who the guest well, probably just, is, is Shaquille O'Neal, and it's just... Well, it's the man most known for his wisdom. Reach like, out to him how, if you want him on the show. I, if I could get him, I would. But you are going to have to reach out for him if this is what you need. The man most renowned for wisdom in the current yeah. age, and maybe in any age before. So, yeah, I'm sorry if every time you say, oh, we're going to have this most wise person you've ever known appear on the podcast yeah 
Sometimes I think it's going to be Shaq, and I don't think that that's bad. I, nope. Does that sound bad? It's not bad. You? It's not unreasonable. It's actually really understandable, but it breaks my heart, Dr. London, to see your face crushed week in and week out for, for yeah. these last, like, four, five, six weeks now. Yeah. It breaks well, my heart. Anyway, b- before we move on, um, I would like to address a bit of listener feedback. I found this note spray-painted onto the curtains of my house. The note reads, quote, Those punks down at Home Depot are going to be sorry they denied a refund to me. So what if I bought it three yards ago? A deal is a deal, end quote. Um, so, so first of all, I would like to thank you so much for your insightful question here on the Jock Dog podcast. Uh, to answer your question, so, so return policies actually, they vary between businesses but because that business is a privately owned one, they do unfortunately have the right to deny your refund um, after three years or what, it really just depends on their policy. What's your return policy, Dr. Linden, for your patients? When can my patients be returned? Is that what you're asking? No. What's your return policy? Like, Let's say a patient came in for a flu shot and then you know, three months later, they get the flu and they want to, you know, they want to return the flu shot, get a refund. Well, What's they, your policy? They wouldn't be able to return the shot because that by that point, their body has already, you know, formed the antibodies. Uh, so you just they, don't even... They've used it. You just don't even agree with, you know, the customer is always right, you know, actually treating the customer with respect and, and you know, honoring that a deal is a deal that just is foreign to you. Well, no it's just wonder, that they can't... No wonder this listener, you know, wrote this story into you about how awful Home Depot's acting. You're acting the same way with your patients. Yes. I just... So they, they... Even if the hypothetical situation existed where, let's say, they had the, you know, the syringe and they had the the flu shot, you know, receipt and everything... Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have the flu shot itself because it's already been incorporated into their immune system. And because you don't have any respect for the customer. You just see them as a mark. I don't think that I see them in that way. But I Every time a patient walks into your doctor's office, you start doing this. And the listener can't see this right now, but he's rubbing his hands going, ooh, baby. And I've seen it in person. Okay. Well, in any case, uh, so to our listeners, maybe um, if we could try getting a few more medical questions in in the future, th- these ones seem, this one in particular seems really directed towards Home Depot, uh, and we're more of a medical education podcast. So that's, to me, right, that- but he's, he's, he's criticizing your return policy okay, by using it as an guess... example at Home Depot. Like, this is an example of poor customer service. You're giving right. me- the same terrible customer service because I'm trying to get a refund on the prostate exam that you had given me the other day and I I didn't feel it was everything that I had paid for. Right. I, and I guess, so some some businesses will have a sign up that says, you know, satis- complete satisfaction or your money back, that kind of thing. We, we don't have those signs up usually. Because you're I a guess, terrible is. operation. And you hate your customers. Because patients are right. customers. That's what you call them. Well, usually a few, well, in any case, we can, we can go ahead and move on from there. 
And now for today's medical topic, spontaneous pneumothorax. A pneumothorax is defined as air in the normally airless pleural space, which is the space between the tissues that line the lungs and the chest. So in other words, air gets trapped just outside the lungs, which gives the lungs less room to expand and fill with air. A spontaneous pneumothorax is when this space is created without any trauma. So um, there, there are two types of uh, spontaneous pneumothorax. There's primary and secondary. A primary spontaneous wait, pneumothorax... Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. You're able to create this space in your body without trauma? Well, it's not so much an ability as a, as a pathology. Like, it's a bad thing when it happens. Right, well, but... The space already exists. It's just an expansion within that space. Okay. So it's fine that every breath I take is traumatic. No. Well, no, you're describing it's painful every time you breathe? Yeah, and then in the future, I'll have flashbacks to every single breath I've ever had. Wait, when you say in the future... You, yeah, because I wouldn't have a flashback to something that's happening right now. But I'm saying, like, in the future, I might be at a Kroger or something, and I'm going down the aisle, and I'm looking through the coupons I have, and I'm seeing, hmm, I wonder if I could get, uh, you know, the uh, toaster strudels, but the breakfasty ones that have, like, eggs and stuff in them, because I got a coupon here. And then suddenly, I drop everything, and I start having flashes to the past. And what I'm flashing back to is my trauma which is every single breath i've ever taken i so if if you've had um painful you know breathing it's called pleuritic chest pain whenever it hurts whenever you breathe Mm -hmm. that's that's something you know if especially if it happens every time you breathe you should probably see a doctor why why it's just sorry i didn't mean to interrupt the it's odd in a sense because you don't bring it up that much. Yeah, I mean, I try to keep it to myself, and I try to limit the amount of breaths I take in any given day. I really only take, like, I don't know, like 12. Usually that's, like, the minimum per minute that you should be taking. Not for uh, me. You know who taught me this? David who? Blaine. Wow! Um, his famous magic trick of holding his breath, which is... The most magic thing you can do. Yeah, that is... I'm, I don't think I could do it. Mm-mm. So I guess... In any case, so um, primary spontaneous pneumothorax is caused by spontaneous rupture of subpleural blebs at the apex of the lungs. When they rupture, these air-filled sacs in the lungs cause an escape of air from the lung into the pleural space, causing the lung to collapse. This more commonly happens in tall, lean young men. Uh, and in these cases, patients typically have sufficient pulmonary reserve, so severe respiratory distress really doesn't usually occur. However, in secondary spontaneous pneumothorax, uh, that can occur as a complication of an underlying lung disease, such as you know, COPD, mm-hmm. asthma, interstitial lung disease, neoplasms, cystic fibrosis. Sharp, just sharp... Uh... Tuberculosis. Knives. Stabbing into every portion of your thoracular area uh, when you take a breath. Yeah, well, you're thoracic. But yeah, uh, so this 
secondary spontaneous pneumothorax is it's more life-threatening because they've already had these problems chronically, you know, long-term, uh, and so they have a less pulmonary reserve. They're, they, they're able to take less hits, which I don't know if you can relate to that. Oh, I can take um, a lot of hits. Right, okay, so, so clinically, patients will present with chest pain on one side, usually sudden and onset. They, uh, they may also have difficulty with pain or you know, difficulty breathing, pain with breathing, and a cough. On exam, they will have decreased breath sounds over the affected side uh, of hyper-resonance over the chest. You know who this reminds me of? Someone who dealt with a lot of pain and, and difficulty breathing is our good friend and listener, David Blaine. When he was doing his famous magic trick of um, you know, staying in an ice cube or something for three days. Do you remember when he did that? That famous magic trick. Again, I love how much it incorporates the concept of magic. Him in some sort of a cold house for a few days. And that really inspired me. And I think he had feel- probably difficulty breathing because it was probably kind of cold and a little uncomfortable for like three days or something. I guess I should clarify That's the here. most magic thing I can think of. I feel like you knew David Blaine a lot more than I did because I never knew him personally, never was near him physically. Mm, I don't know if you... You probably were and you probably didn't know it because that's kind of his thing, his magic. Wait. Is that, is that how... Have you ever seen him before? No, I mean, no one's seen, like, David Blaine. It's more, he, you know, he, he, he kind of floats from building to building and house to house and city to city, wreaking havoc and doing his tricks. He takes on forms of, you know, different kind of people sometime and creatures and whatnot. Maybe it might be a wise owl or something, but. I don't, I feel like you're implying a lot about his powers. So not every phenomenon in life that's difficult to explain is David Blaine. I I should clarify that now. Like a spontaneous oh. pneumothorax, for instance, not necessarily going to be a David Blaine. Okay, caused. so you're saying like the loss of my shoes and socks might be related to something else, even though David Blaine is famous for making things disappear, and that video went viral. Yeah, well, I don't remember actually seeing David Blaine's face in it. I remember your it was mostly reaction shots from you. Yeah, and the reaction gifs. It was real, mostly the gifts that went viral, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, so anyway, I, to go back a little bit to to the um, you know clinical presentation mm-hmm. uh, on exam, patients with spontaneous pneumothorax, they'll have decreased breath sound on the affected side, hyper resonance over the chest, decreased or absent uh, tactile fremitus on the affected side, and a mediastinal shift towards the side of pneumothorax on imaging, and that's in contrast to. Uh, tension pneumothorax where the mediastinal shift will be away from the pneumothorax on imaging um chest x-ray confirms the diagnosis of spontaneous pneumothorax that'll show the the visceral pleural line uh treatment of primary spontaneous pneumothorax in mild cases is pretty much simply observation and maybe a small chest tube with a one-way valve and that's to to let the air escape from uh, from the lungs, from that extra Just space. like when David Blaine himself escapes from the chains that he put on himself 
when he hung upside down that one time or something. Yeah. Uh, and so, so if the primary spontaneous pneumothorax is larger or if the patient is more symptomatic, you can give them, you know, supplemental oxygen along with needle aspiration or chest tube insertion to allow air to be released and for the lung to, you know, consequently re-expand. Uh, treatment of, spon- of, sorry, of secondary spontaneous pneumothorax is focused mainly on treating the underlying condition. Like I said, that's COPD, asthma, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, yeah. I know. You don't need to tell yeah. me any of this stuff. I experience it now. The the treatment of it. Yeah, just all of it. Everything you were saying. Yeah. All the stuff about okay, the so- plane and the icebox and the the holding your breath. All I got I've got all of it right here. For the listener, I'm pointing to my my brain. Well, he, he tried to point to his yeah. Um anyway, we can uh we can we can move on from there if, if as long as you understand. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, okay. All right, uh Cameron, you said that we had a guest today, someone who's more wise, wise. More wise than Shaq, apparently. More or... wise than Shaq, and even more wise than uh, Shaq plus one. Is that is that whenever he went to a party, or is that the band? Is that the Christian contemporary music band from, like, 1998? Yeah, or yeah. is it the so one that was at the party? He's more wise than Shaquille O'Neal combined with the members of the Christian contemporary boy band plus one. And that's our guest today. Welcome. All right. Oh, I want to thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, So my name is DrLondonSmith.com, and this is our producer, Cameron. And what was your name? I am Pylox the Elder. I'm a village elder by trade. Oh, Pylox the Elder. You're a village elder by trade. Is that something you were born into? Is this, was your father an elder? Grandfather trade school? I aged directly into it. I was uh, I, I was born Pylox the Younger, and oh. then I became an elder after quite some time in study. Okay. I do want to I do want to thank you. I do want to thank you for having these 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 torch holders here, right in your chairs, for me to place my torch. Yeah, that's it. Holds it right there, nice and snug. What there for? Uh, I'm actually surprised more guests haven't had, used those. I thought Stanley from The Office, when he came on the show, was going to use the torch holder, and he didn't touch it at all. So I, I actually, I thank you. I mean, you said Pylox? Yes, Pylox. Like Clorox. Where does, where does that name come from? What does that Does that mean anything, or is that just, do you know? Yes, I was found in a pile of leaves outside outside of a hut in the just on the outskirts of the wilderness. Okay. Oh, wow. So you were just found by someone who just kind of kind of just thought of the first thing that popped into their head, huh? And, and it wasn't like, leaves. That's what his name is. It was pile. Yeah. Yeah, they stuck with pile, not with the leave portion. That's really the structure. Well, in not so what, what your, the structure was made in of. my in my culture, uh, a pile is sacred. While leaves, we avoid leaves. They are forbidden. But the pile is really sacred, so we emphasize that. Okay. Speaking of your culture, uh, if I may ask, what what is your culture? Well, mainly our our culture is passed down from the elders to our our children, 
and we mainly do this by standing around in circles, around blazing huge conflagrations of fire, and chanting. (laughs) Chanting all night. Okay. Wow. So that, that's... So when we ask like what your what culture like there's not a name for your culture it's just y'all stand around a fire or a place it's called the elder order order of elders okay okay and is that is that in new uh, york or is that yeah, we're on the outskirts of new jersey sure okay all right, I forgot that. Okay, that makes sense. So I wait, no, I want to ask. You talk about like it's the society of elders, so you're not the only elder. Is is pretty much everyone in your, this culture an elder? In my culture, I am one of the elders, and there's youngers who are around and they're there, but we pass down our culture to them. And the youngers are basically future elders. If they're lucky. What what's the alternative? Yeah, what so what can what can a younger grow into that's not a an elder? A pile? We lose many of them when they go on if they go on their vision quests out into the wilderness of oh. the outskirts of New Jersey. Okay. Oh, oh New Jersey. And so shore. if they make if they make of it New back Jersey from shore. their vision quest, if they make it back from their vision quest, they're promoted to elder. Right. I kind of like the society cuz I like elder typically implies you know with a select group of people who are making important decisions but i like this type of society where just everyone's an elder or on their way to be an elder and you just kind of rotate them in and out that's pretty appealing to me as a person who has tried to receive you know eldership and sort of leadership positions throughout my life and everyone's saying like no we don't trust you to take care of things we don't trust you to make decisions and put that down it, mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting and, and reassuring to hear there's a place out there that might uh appeal to me honestly I'm, well especially i'd be interested in moving the to fire. your society the fire, the fire aspect. aspect i love that part of it everyone loves the fire because that so that's been keeping cameron from positions so far i think is the fire but with the fire being incorporated to an aspect of being an elder that sounds like almost too good to be true for cameron yeah, and I'm just I'm just so chilly. And I'm very terrified of being trapped in an ice cube like David Blaine was, and so I'd like to have a torch that I can just kind of melt my way out of. A fire gives you a, a, an air of seriousness. If, if you put it down below you and it lights up your face, people really listen and hone in on what you're getting at. That's why I carry wow. my torch with me everywhere. Yeah, yeah that... that... That is a ex- excellent point. People do not listen to me or respect me, and I feel like if I was constantly shooting flames out as I spoke, people would have to listen and have to respect. I'm going to go ahead and put my diet slice down into the other torch holder on the other side of this chair. Yeah, go ahead. It's the perfect size for it. Yeah, it seems odd to put a, a drink in one of the torch holders, but I guess... Yeah, or to have like, a diet fe- slice that's the same shape of as a torch, but... Yes, if if it works, it works. That's one of the sayings of my culture. Oh, nope. your culture. It's just yes. if it works, it works. Y'all take just the methodology of, you know, you don't have to do it right. It's just if it's so, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, so in your culture, you talked about going on a vision quest, which sounds like the main 
returning from a vision quest sounds like the prerequisite to becoming an elder aside from age. So right. What I would, I wouldn't make age an aside. That would be the main issue, the main carrier to be an elder. But yes, because to me, if it sounds like if you survive for long enough, you will become an elder. Except if you go on a vision quest and you don't return. So yes. that's. I'm wondering what what does a vision quest consist of? How does that? Yeah, like what? What's so dangerous about it? Why? Do, why are half or you know a number of the people not returning? I can I can uh, only tell you about what happened on my vision quest. Um, I mean, please, I'd love we to hear we, that. We don't really know, in fact, what happens to the ones who don't return because they don't come back to tell their tale. But oh, my vision would be rude to try to assume. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know what they say about assuming. It doesn't don't work. Don't do it. Um. I took my vision quest. I got out that morning underneath the pile of straw that I was sleeping on mm. because leaves are forbidden. And I walked towards the sun, which, you know, led me to the, the state of America that's directly west of New Jersey. Right. But anyway, West New Jersey I, Shore. Yes. West New Jersey Shore. And I saw uh, a f- fantastic animals leaping about the sky. I was in pure delirium. And I was hoping that they would bestow upon me wisdom necessary to be an elder in my tribe. And when I got back, everyone... Is that what happened? Everyone assumed it did. Yeah, I think so. So, I'm sorry, you said you were in delirium. Uh, Did you partake of a substance or a drink or anything like that before the vision quest? Because what? were you just I mean, dehydrated? I did, I did drink a lot of diet slice that day. Okay, so you were well hydrated. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It sounds like the so is the is the diet slice thing is that specific to you? Is that your taste or is that what everyone drinks before these vision quests and just in general in your society? Well, we have a a vending machine and it's a slice vending machine. I prefer diet slice. Mm-hmm. That's that's mainly how that shakes out. You should you know you shouldn't shake a machine that doesn't work. Don't do that. If it works, it works. Don't shake it. Yeah, it could fall on you. Yes. So I want to ask Pylox, sir. So you, first of all, I want to ask what what brings you here today? Is there any specific? Is there any specific reason here today? Well, I, I, in this modern world, people get so swept up in their tablets that they have. I assume they're tablets. I don't know what they are. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But they're they're just, they're like cruising down a, uh, a creek in a, without a canoe. That's how we say in my culture. But, you know, I just want to offer them the kind of the, the wisdom and the teachings of uh, that a more ancient culture might have for you people. Like, for example, robes are a perfect are the perfect uh, clothing that you should be wearing more often. They're so comfortable. They're, they're the perfect garment, really. Okay. So I, so it's, is that the only reason to wear a robe, is just comfort? I think it gives you an air of like seriousness and superiority when it doesn't make it look like you're about to take a shower or something. 
So when I walk outside, yeah, that's true. And hold uh-huh. on, London. Not only does it give you an air of seriousness, but it also allows a nice airflow. Mm-hmm. Yes. So your uh, undergarment area, but keeps you close to the spirits. But when I when mm. I walk outside, and I'm wearing only a robe, and it blows open, and I get this this airflow, and I don't know whatever spirits greeting me, whatever, uh, the the sound of heckling from all around the, from the neighbors, it hasn't sounded like respect. It has sounded very critical of, you know, my. Well, it sounds like you're in the wrong society, London. I mean, are people's robes blowing open and up and all the time over in uh, where you're from? Oh, it it definitely happens. I mean, that's one of the the main problems with robes, and especially since my culture has not developed the uh the the, abil- the ability to cinch robes closed. Oh, with okay. like a smaller kind of rope like robe. I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah, like a belt. It's yeah. theoretical. Is that word not? Is that word not mean anything to you? To you? It is. Yes, it is only theoretical in my culture. Ah, oh, that's. I'm tough. sorry. You have, but in your culture, you have rope. We have rope, of course. But how else would we drag our young children out from piles when they go scurrying about? Right. I. So, so you have the rope, and you have the robes, and what's in theory is some sort of rope-like material to yes. use on the robes. Some sort of belt-like ah. system, but that's more of a, a theoretical concept you, to you. You lost me at the word belt there. Now, what is that? Some sort of... Some sort of it's some sort enchantment of on the waist. robe rope. To, it, that is actually an excellent way to put I would say that's the best description of a belt I've ever heard in my entire see, life. I'm going to have to write, write this down and, and bring it up next at the next council. See, well, okay, and Cameron is not necessarily the best person to ask about this because he well, will not wear a belt. I can't find my belt. That's different. Yeah, well, and you also seem to... They got David Blaine. Yeah. Because you, you seem to always buy, you know, pants or, you know, trousers that have such an expanded waistline that, like, you would have to wear a belt or suspenders or something. But for you, you use a rope, right? To- you lost me at pants, but I picked it back up at trousers. Thank you. So, uh, look, I wear clown trousers, the really big ones that come with, like, maybe some suspenders or something, but I take the suspenders off because they're not cool. And so, yeah, I'm wearing these big, dumpy pants, but I get them cheap. I get them on clearance, and they're usually fun polka dots, and maybe there's little, like, animals or something on it. It's a lot of fun. But uh, th- this is so irrelevant, Dr. London. Why are you even getting well, into this and getting into it's, my it's pants? More th- I mean, my trousers. I apologize. It's, it's because, you know, uh, Pylox the Elder here he might learn of something that's that you consider to be normal Cameron whenever really it's just you like the way that you use a rope to go you know encircle your body um like a harness to keep your clown trousers suspended which kind of like suspenders except a lot more work um and so i i just don't well, need him to be confused about what our modern culture you know, I and that that's understandable. But I do want to say that's not that's not to hold my pants up. That's an escape trick I'm trying to escape out of to be a little more like David Blaine. This is obvious. I feel like this doesn't have to be explained. Yeah, based on this these sort of things you're you're sharing with me now, 
I feel like it could really rupture my the, my society greatly, as th- these are just mind-blowing advancements. The idea of of pants that are held up all the time. It's very shocking to well, me. Well, I see you're but you're introducing the joys of robes to me. So in a way, we're no, we're sort of trading uh, technologies and trading ideas. And this is what culture is all about. Well, to, to speak to your advancements here, you know, in just this short of time, you've gone from saying trousers only, you just said pants. So that's, you know, you're already making headway here. And I, I think you sell yourself short whenever you feel like you can't make these advancements. I feel like I'm streaking across the cosmos like one of those lightning bugs in the sky that I see from time to time. But besides robes, what else? What else you got for us? Well, I see that both of your your heads are naked, and I would suggest wreaths. I notice in people in this culture they put wreaths on their doors, but those belong on your heads. Okay. My children. Wow, that is true. What is I mean? What does that offer? Is that purely an aesthetic choice, or is that I mean, is there a reason? Like laurels. That? Yes, uh, like laurels, wreaths on your head. It's it's. It certainly keeps your head warm, especially that pot around the circle, but also birds, mm-hmm. they can land there and just have a great time. Okay. Oh, wow. Is that so- I've been saying that's something to strive for for a long time. You are speaking my language, sir. Yeah. I love this. Do you see a lot of upset birds? Lund? I've been putting a lot of work into it, making sure birds are attracted to Dr. London here, thinking that would be a fun gift, and he gets so mad about it. Okay, I have heard birds, and I just feel like they don't sound upset. I feel like they're having plenty of fun. I don't know that they need to perch upon my head in order to, you know... Uh, but it's a gift from the gods. Well, no, it's from from us, right? Even in my culture, wreaths do have to be assembled by hand. They don't come from nowhere. Okay. Are you are you guys religious at all? We like to think of ourselves as a pre-Christian era. Okay. Even though I would say you live in, you know, maybe a Christian or post-Christian era, you. Uh, we- we use a different star chart calendar. Okay, okay. Yeah, that would explain that. Okay. Well, okay, so is is astronomy a big aspect of your culture then? In the sense that we have the direction of up and we gaze in that direction from time to time. Okay. Yeah, astronomy, that's pretty much that's pretty much. It. I'm not I'm not sure what you were fishing for there, Dr. London, but that was a solid answer. Yeah. No, I I guess I, I assumed that if they had a calendar based on it, then and it oh okay you're you're poking you're trying to figure out the calendar. It, it made a stuff. distinction from our own calendar. We look up when we use our calendar. That's how I that's what I how I assume you use your calendar as well. What direction do you look at? Uh, for for my cal- so I have a calendar on my phone actually. Oh wait, that might be that might be advanced for you. That might be I'm yeah. Lost. A phone is like a robe. It's like a robe. A phone is like a robe for um, all of the information that exists in the world. Ah, I, that's but you but you but you can hold this robe in your hands. That's not so different from me. See, I have a robe that's covered in stars and half moons and so forth, and that's all the information of the world as well. 
Wow. I mean, that that's kind of true. You have the entire universe on your outfit. I In what in what sense do you have the world on your robe? Like Cameron, I understand the comparison he's making with a phone, but uh, for, for Pylox, the Elder, I'm not sure... In in what way? The the pictures of the moons and the stars and the planets on his robe, Dr. London. I don't want to shock you with the knowledge from my culture, but we are like a bean in a soup of stars and planets and half moons just swirling around. We could say that about any of us, I suppose. We're all inhabitants of this universe. Yes, and that's the type of realization you make, and, and that's what makes you grow up. Now, now, now Pylox the Elder, I want to ask, before you had, you had mentioned that you... We're coming back from your vision quest. This is when, oh, when yes. you were being bumped up to an elder. And you sort of just assumed that you knew everything and that you were wise. And everyone kind of assumed that too. Yes, yes, we all, so just, what, we all just felt that was about right. Yeah, it just like seemed like it worked. Mm-hmm. How, I mean, is that is that like, what is your ratio to, to good wisdom and bad wisdom that you've been dishing out to people? Well, I assume all of my wisdom is good. I mean, have you seen have you seen the that it, happen? It I mean, is like that is it's one hundred percent. Then that's the ratio. Is yeah. Let, I guess that's my question. I, are, are have you been nailing it? Like when you throw out this wisdom to your society, has it been like working one hundred percent of the time, or are things getting kind of messed up? Well, when you say your arm gets broken when we break our arm and we apply a series of leeches onto the arm Mm -hmm. and then the person dies obviously it's good wisdom that that person was evil and needed to die oh and that actually makes sense to me and dr london i think you can start looking at a lot of your patients and your practice in this sort of way so if people come in with like a terminal illness, instead of saying, "Oh, how can I fix them?" Why not tell them, you know, obviously, you have an evil inside you. So, and you need to be gone from this earth. Well, Vanished. for starters, you know that leeches aren't usually the traditional treatment for, you know, an arm injury, unless it's, you know, there there are a few exceptions, a few sort of odd things, but um. Generally. Your use of the word traditional there is inaccurate, I can tell you for sure. It is the traditional treatment. Yeah, that is that is absolutely true. I would say, Dr. London, you are not the expert on what is and is not traditional here. Okay, okay. Um, well, I, You're just the nerd. Just just for the listeners, the, the, if you have an arm bleeding out or something, you don't apply leeches because there's already hemorrhaging and you don't want them to suck the blood even more. That's what they need is to stop the bleeding. I, you're misunderstanding the entire point, Dr. London, that these people are passing away and getting injured because that is who they are. And it was the wise decision brought on to them to allow them to die. Is that about right? That sounds right to me. Yes. And again, you don't know 100% because like, you're just assuming that you're super wise. I don't know percents. Oh, that's that hasn't made it there either. Okay, no, extremely valid. I get that. Yeah. What what is it over a VII Roman numeral? We can use that ratio. Uh, a seven? You're describing a VII? Do you mean a seven? Yeah, 
VII. Oh, I know Seven Up because it's right next to the di- to the Diet Slice in the vending machine. Yeah, but you so never choose that one. That. Okay. No. Yeah. So I want to ask. So I I, I want to get back to this because I've been holding on to this question for a while. You keep talking about Diet Slice, these vending machines that you keep using. Now, who who brought this tech? Has this technology always existed in your society, or was this brought to you by someone? When did this? When did you guys start this uh, diet slice obsession? Because it seems a little out of. I mean, I, frankly, it seems like you wouldn't usually know what that is. I do remember when the the vending machines were brought to my society. I was gazing up at the calendar in the sky and the odd vok shape of stars was in the waxing moon position and then there were vending machines brought to our society does, does that answer your question yeah pretty much i mean i don't have any follow-ups to that yeah and so this is all happening in new jersey shore uh yes yeah so um i get do you guys have things like electricity or running water anything like that i know you said you're you lived in a pile of straw yes because leaves are forbidden right but uh yeah and piles are sacred in your society so we have many piles of other things like used vending machine wrappers for example but of course we have Uh we have running water through our creeks upon which we canoe and uh the, I don't know what powers your vending machines, but ours are powered by a type of spirit that I have heard called electricity. So you have these machines that are run... Is this like a, I don't know, like a uh, bus stop or like a travel stop kind of thing? Do you do you have to walk a distance to get to these machines? Well, yeah, they're, they're, they are about a quarter of a vision's quest outside the village. Okay, mm. that's how you measure distance, is you've yes. gone on a vision quest, and it's a set measurement of how how far you have to walk to, to be on a vision quest. That, that's how, f- how we've measured distances since I was one one-thousandth of a vision's quest tall. Mm, okay, okay. Wow. It measures height as well. Well, it's, it, you know, length, that, that makes sense. It, that's kind of the most that this has made sense so far in a way. I guess that's true, yeah. Well, so I'm, I'm super glad about the amount of information that we've learned about your culture, which, did, what did you say the name of it was? Or did it have a name? It's called the Elder Order. of elders okay just in order of el- it's not a particular one look i don't want to cut things off early here but we unfortunately have these chores to do oh yeah thank you for reminding me dr lennon we do have to get to this all right if gosh, i hate doing these yeah, chores they just to catch some of our listeners up we've had to do this for the last few weeks we Ugh. We've had a to-do list that's a mile long that's been building up all year. Over a year coronavirus now. Is- yeah. How long How long is a mile in vision quests? But... Oh, man. I, I would say, I mean, at least, like, uh, like is that a ha- like probably a half a vision quest? Or do you think that's, 
like a double vision quest. Yeah, that sounds like a double vision quest. Yeah, that amount double that we haven't vision. specified. So yes. Anyway, so we it's probably a double vision quest, and so we've 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 had this list of double vision quests long, and it's been building up, and it's been really frustrating. So we finally organized into a chore wheel. We're knocking off. We're trying to check off everything that we need to get done. So DJ Dylan, can you just go ahead and spin our chore wheel, and we can just figure out what we got to do today? Yes. All right. It says, oh gosh, I did not want to have not to deal this with this one. one. It says, <clears throat> well, it's a letter from the mayor, yeah. actually. So the mayor contacted us. Oh God, I mean, it was, it was about six months ago. Thank God the Olympics were canceled yes. because this was supposed to be for the Olympics. Oh. The mayor has contacted us about creating an entirely new sport from the ground up, one rule at a time. Yeah. That we've got to come up with. And oh, we, man. once we figure it out, it's going to be an Olympic sport. And whoever is the winner of this sport is going to be on Wheaties, the Wheaties box. And so this is very important. This is a huge deal. It's an, a huge undertaking. But we're going to have to handle this right now. Pylex the Elder, you're a very wise man. Will you be able to help us right now? Now, I know sports might be a foreign concept to you, but have you guys ever played any fun games or anything in your society? No, I I think I am familiar with this concept. Uh, We mainly focus vigorous activity in our elbows. Okay. Okay, so So, that that gives us a starting point. yeah, I feel like this is something that we can really work with. Okay, so it's an elbow-based sport. Um, it's an el- elbow-based sport. Is it? Are, do we? Is this going to be a team sport or an individual sport? Well, to, to start out, with, I say. Okay. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Well, go I was going to say, like, maybe the way that we, we we can work together some, but also, you know, maybe in order. So Pylox, the elder, just went first. You know, he said it should be elbow elbow-based sport. And so okay. maybe Cameron, if you want to add the next detail of the sport, and maybe if we do it this way, it'll feel like less work. Cause that's what I'm thinking here is it's so much work. I agree. That makes the most sense to me. So we're yeah. going to go one at a time. We're going to come up with, I don't know, however many rules until we finally get this. Sport yeah. Cause the mayor down. has so been on our backs. He oh. has been on our backs about this. I want to add, this elbow based game i want to i want to i want it to be cold as hell this is sort of a shout out to my friend david blaine who loves hanging on ice cubes i think an important part of this sport is that it should be freezing cold and that everyone should be cold and that everyone's teeth should be chattering because it's cold so much okay um for yeah from for my addition so we know it's going to be cold and it's going to be elbow based so i think um, strapped to their heads, these players should have uh, a torch because warmth should be close by in case of an emergency. So the top oh. of their head should have a torch on it. So it will make people take it seriously too. Yeah, I mean, the only way the mayor is going to even accept this is if we involve a torch. We basically learned that today. Right. I certainly would want to incorporate the screaming howls and chants that my culture is known for that you can hear from so far away and in in this sport perhaps if 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 that was what was being measured these these the uh, the amount of these 
chants or their their devotion, oh, okay, like their, de- their servitude to the gods would be great. Okay. Uh, the amount you, of servitude way? to the gods. I actually like yes. that better. Screen can you measure that in your culture? Measure the amount of servitude to the gods. I have this written down. This is incredible. So wait, I want to hear real quick. Can we get a demo of what maybe those howls and screams sound like? Just so we know. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I, I don't want to say it's not as loud as I was expecting, but it is much. Yeah, different. I guess I was. I definitely was expecting something more bombastic, but I I kind of like that. I think that works. So I, I, I think I have a connecting piece here to sort of bring some of this together. We're talking a lot about torches and incorporating torches strapping on your head. We're talking about using our elbows. We're also talking about your, the amount of servitude you're bringing to the gods. So what if you're also holding very heavy torches? And the goal is to hold them as high as you can to the gods to praise them. And you're in like a cold chamber because it's extremely cold. And so you either are out if you drop the torches or if you die from freezing. Okay. It, it is a tradition in my culture to consider someone to be out if they die. Okay. Yeah, and I think that's something that maybe we can extend to these modern games that maybe we haven't considered before. You know, back in the 96 Olympics when Carrie Strug broke her ankle and then just died on the platform after her big jump, and they just made her continue on after that, and they threw her corpse, I didn't like that. I thought that was disturbing. Okay. I, that's, a, that's a fair approach. So, okay, so, so far we have, once again, so at the end of the day, this will need to be elbow-based, so I'm going to try to... To to bring that in a little bit, we have torch. Well, I, I was hoping I was hoping that holding the torches at sort of an, a ninety degree L angle would put an emphasis on elbow strength. Okay, because so, so I was gonna say okay, elbow wise, it needs to be an elbow based sport. So even though the measurement of how much you're winning is, you know, the the sound, the decibel, um, maybe into the height. Of the torches. Right, and the height of the torches. So maybe your elbows, um, each side of them will have half of a s- cylinder, or no, sorry, a funnel. And if you put them together just so, then you'll have a, sort of a megaphone. Uh, and so the object would be to ah. raise up the torches and incline your head so that you yell through the megaphone made by your elbows, and that way we would incorporate all aspects. I really like this. And another thing about this, if we're measuring from two different things, then it can sort of be judged like swimming or gymnastics where you know one person can get the gold medal in the butterfly uh, swim mm-hmm. version versus freestyle or backstroke. So some people might get a gold medal in the voice versus the height of the torches you know there's different ways versus like who is less frozen to death yeah and actually 
So we should cut it off. I think we've got the rules now because I would have. I want, I want one more. Okay. I want one more from Pylox the from Elder. Pylox the the wise elder. Bring us home. We've got. We almost. What got this. are the legs doing? That's what I was thinking the whole time. Ooh, yes. What are the legs doing? We've talked so much about trousers and robes today, mm-hmm. which I understand that you don't necessarily believe in all of those things. I'm I'm lost at, at the mention of those, but. I I believe you if if this is a uh, you're supposed to be doing this sport vigorously, uh, perhaps you're trying to melt the ice that you are uh, standing upon and encased within, and if you are able to free yourself, then you are like freeing your spirit. Ah, okay. So you know so you you're, have you're trapped in the moving. big ice, the big David Blaine ice cube. But part of the goal, so maybe part of the measurements. Okay, here we go. So the three ways that your points are being measured, decibels, height of torches that you're holding up, amount of water you've melted into a bucket. No, sorry, four. No, no, I'm sorry. You're right, you're right. The decibels. I was thinking of the the funnel, the megaphone. Oh, yeah, the that's part of the yeah. decibels. And all, all three of those equal appeasement to the gods. The appeasement to the gods. That is how you measure the, the appeasement to the gods. This was the answer to the question that we wondered. And, of course, it is, you know, a really callback to the original Olympics, which were, you know, in Greece and with the uh, the Mount Olympus, the the mountain of the gods, all of that. So this is really a good tie-in. And I'm sorry if you're not familiar with So now with we culture. need, we got to, the last thing is we got to come up with a name. Okay. Um, I say just keep it simple and call it ice torture because people are going to die. And they're trapped. Okay, I thought you meant torture spelled like a torch. So, okay. Oh, ah, yes. Oh. There it is. I was just thinking the word torture, but it's ice torch-er well, hyphen E-R. I, we should add one more word to that to incorporate the sound aspect because we're already covering two rules. What if you don't add one more word? What if you just call it ice torture? Okay, so you have to yell it. or Yeah, it's all caps. Can it be called Ice Scream Torture? Mm, oh, that is also very good. There we go. Okay. All caps, Ice Scream, scream torture. torture. Okay. Wow. Thank, thank you so yes, thank much. Thank so, Finally, we can knock that off of the list. I know. Because I feel God. relieved as well. You won't believe how many calls we've had from the mayor, from the mayor's commission, from the mayor's several subcommittees on this. They've been honest about this. Oh, and we keep telling them we are a medical education podcast. This is not what we do, but doesn't seem to make a difference yeah, at all. Tell that to the mayor, you know? Yep. In any case, uh, Pylox the Elder, I feel like, you know, maybe it's about time to wrap things up. We've heard a lot of wisdom from you, or at least we've learned about your culture, which I think learning about other cultures is, you know, a form of wisdom in general. It's always good to have empathy, understand what another person or culture, you know, feels and understands. So, um, anyway, if, I don't know, Pylox the Elder, if, what if any of our listeners want to keep up with you in New Jersey Shore, you know, find out what, you know, what's been going on with you or anything you're interested in? Right. If you arrange your runes in such a way 
that it reads oozebear.com. It is an online platform, I've been told. I've been told by the youngers some of these things. But it's an online platform for improv. And we have jams every Monday and Saturday. And I would give you the specific time of the day, but you may be using a different star chart calendar than I do. Right. Could you could you spell that out for us? It's O O Z E B E A R dot com. And uh in runes it's squiggly line mushroom falcon star and then of course bear. Alright well thank you so much to Pyloxy Elder. To our listeners you should go check out that uh that website. Um I I'm not sure that Pylox the Elder properly understands what that is. I am lost. Anyway, thank you to Pylox the Elder. Thank you to um, our producer, Cameron. Thank you to Digital in the House. I am Pylox the Elder. Yes, yes. Village elder by trade. It was born Pylox the Younger, and then I became an elder after quite some time in study. It's called the Elder Order. Order of Village elder by trade. Village elder by trade. I am Pylox the Elder. I am Pylox the Elder. Yes, Pylox. Uh, my name is DrLondonSmith.com, and this has been the Jock Doc Podcast. See ya. You spit the excess blood and the loose tooth from your mouth. So this is how it's going to be. You crack your knuckles, then pop your neck first in one direction, then the other. You try to stay light on your feet as you back up, fists raised in front of your face, absolutely unwilling to be caught off guard this time. You run forward, first a little slow, then sprinting. But just as you pull back a fist to strike a blow, you feel the excruciating pain of the tree branch hitting you once again. Dazed on the ground, you look up at the low-hanging branch with envy. It must have heard about the mass deforestation taking place throughout the world, but somehow this tree was not at all intimidated by the prospect of a fight with a human. You decide not to pick any more fights with trees, because some battles just are not worth it. Speaking of a testimony to the greatness of nature's bounty, don't forget to leave a five-star review of the Jock Doc podcast in which you share about your recent physical fights with inanimate enemies. And while you're at it, go ahead and share the Jock Doc podcast with a friend or foe. You can send them a link to your favorite episode or just send them our handy website, jockdogpodcast.com. And don't forget to take a peek at our posts on social media. We are at Jock Doc Podcast. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.